my name is Esther, and today we'll be talking about the Philip Phenomenon, Conjuring a Spirit of the Mind. Keep listening to find out what the hell happens. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with the cheeky Mr. Lockwood. I like that. I am cheeky. Hello, Hi. Esther. Hi. Playful and amusing? Is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah. You cheeky bastard. You are a cheeky bastard. <laughs> I like that about you, though. I don't know. Don't, we don't have anything else to talk about. No banter. Do we? Do you have a story? I do. <laughs> you just want to get right to it. I, I don't know what else we'd talk about. Okay. Let's just get right to it. Yeah. Today's story is the Philip Phenomenon. Conjuring a spirit of the mind. Philip phenomenon. It says the Philip experiment right on the screen. It's either or. <laughs> either or? Yeah, I've seen it both ways. A phenomenon is just something you observe. An experiment is something you observe while performing an action. It's both. Yeah. This story has it all. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love it. Confirming the Philip phenomenon with the Philip experiment. That's right. We're going to mash them together and make a story out of this. Is it this, why is it referred to in different ways? Different mm, stories? How about if I just tell you about You're it? You're going to tell me? Yeah. I how will about, know by the end of this How about at the end? story why there are two versions of the same thing. Yes. How about at the end you decide whether it's an experiment or a phenomenon? 1972. That's right. I'm taking you back to the 70s. That's a good year. Again. The early 70s was pretty awesome. Yeah. 1972. Nine researchers gathered to conduct an experiment. Their goal? Create a fictional character and through intense focus and intent, communicate with the person and have them physically materialize or manifest. Oh. Yeah. You're ready, aren't you? You got your paranormal pants on? This is sort of like the Montauk chair. Yeah. Where you, in your mind, create the pattern that matches some pattern in existence, and then they merge together. Yeah. And you can see it. That's what they're going to try to do. That's what this is. They're going to try to do Except in ghost world. Yes. But Montauk experiment was in real world. Yes. And future worlds. It's interesting. It's like the same idea. It's like positive attraction or animalistic, like- Animal uh, magnetism. Animal magnetism. (laughs) Yeah. What do they call that? Ghost, I think. Manifesting. They call it like an apparition. Yeah, manifesting. Manifesting. That's it. So this idea is, you know, there's that woo-woo world. If you just think positively or think about what you want, it'll manifest in reality. That happens to me all the time. This is the same idea. If you just think about the right kind of ghost, it'll manifest. Well, it doesn't happen to me with ghosts, though. No. Yeah. Well, do you try? No, I don't want that. No one wants that. Why not? Because I do. Freaky. If Go- I never want to sleep again, I'll give it a shot. Ghosts, especially old ghosts, has been around for a long time. They would be just an enormous wealth of knowledge. Imagine if you could talk to, you know, the ghost of Rockefeller, and you'd be like, "Hey, what do you think of the housing market right now?" If I could talk to any ghost, it wouldn't be Rockefeller. He'd be like, uh, "1914, the housing market. There was a little bubble here and there." People were doing these kinds of schemes and scams. And this is what I did. And I made a boatload of money. And then it'd be like, you know, in 3,000 years from now, summoning up Warren Buffett. (laughs) Yeah. And he's been a ghost this whole time. He's been watching the market. What do you think I should do, Warren? You think he wouldn't know what to do? 
No, he would he know, would what, know to what to do. do. Warren knows what yeah. to do. The people that you want to summon up are not the people that I would oh. want to summon up. Well, John von Neumann, I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> you know what, honestly? I've got some questions. I'd like to talk to him, too. <laughs> I'd like to meet that yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, you would. Yeah. He I'd was... like to show him my von Neumann machine I keep in my pocket. <laughs> he was a bit of a character, too. <laughs> yeah. The group was formed by a mathematical geneticist named Dr. George Owen who was part of the Toronto Parapsychological Research Society. Overseeing the group was psychologist Dr. Joel Witten. Among the other members of the group were a former chairperson of Mensa, an industrial designer and his wife, a heating engineer, an accountant, a bookkeeper, and a sociology student. It was noted that none of the participants had psychic abilities, and the group was known as the Owen Group. So here they are. Pretty much a room full of middle-aged nerds. They got some smart pants on, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the pants. The pants in this room are plaid. They're very plaid. <laughs> plaid and flowery. So, I'm going to yep. save my derogatory opinions for later. Yeah, just hold them in. Let's, let's get into the story a little bit before you before you get there. What's the minimum IQ requirement to be in Mensa? Isn't that like 130 or something? 120, I think. So there's some smart people there. They're real smart. That's dumber than I thought. They're smart. They're smart. (laughs) (laughs) Those pants are not smart. The first task that the Owen group had to accomplish was that of creating a fictional person with all of the fine details surrounding his life. The person had to be completely fictional with no links or likenesses to any historic or real person. This is the description of the person they dreamt up. His name was Philip... K. Dick? No. (laughs) That would be cool. I feel like that completely violates everything I just said. Philip J. Fry? (laughs) No. (laughs) These would all be better than this. His name was Philip Aylesford. That's a good name. Yeah, it's, it's good. He was an aristocratic Englishman. He was born in 1624, so... They really took him way back. He was knighted by the king at the age of 16 and was in the military. He married a woman named Dorothea, who was the daughter of a nobleman. Dorothea was beautiful, but her personality was not. Philip was Catholic and would not divorce his wife despite not liking her very much, (laughs) which is very sad. He rode horses daily to distance himself from her. (laughs) These people really came up with some very specific details. I kind of feel like this is how one of the men in the group felt about his wife, and he just threw that in Well, that was sort of like the mid-enlightenment way of going into the garage and drinking a beer. (laughs) I'm going to go ride my horse. Listening to your stereo, (laughs) you know, watching the game on Sunday in the basement. I'm going to go brush my steed. Where the wife won't go. (laughs) Going to the barn. You know, the wife is not going to put boots on and walk around on horse shit. So (laughs) you don't have to worry about her when you're in the barn. Right. Well, she's not going to chase you on a horse probably either. So, yeah, I think he did that a lot because he did not want to be around Dorothea. One day he happened across a gypsy camp while he was riding his horse. There he met a woman named Margot who, with raven black hair, won his heart, and the two fell deeply in love. He took her to his family home, named Diddington Manor, 
where he hid her in the gatehouse. This is a little tongue-in-cheek, right? Diddington? Diddington. I know. I thought Diddlington. This, I thought the same thing when I read it. It's a little dirty, these people. These people in the 70s. They were hip. Yeah. Yeah. They got hip pants. Yeah. So he took her to Diddington Manor, where he hid her in the gatehouse. It wasn't long before Dorothea discovered the affair and accused Margot of practicing witchcraft to steal her husband's heart. Philip, afraid of damaging his reputation, did not come to Margot's defense. Margot was burned at the stake, and racked with guilt and full of loneliness, Philip killed himself at the age of 30, and that would have been in 1654. The group also had a sketch artist draw a picture of Philip. It looks like you! (laughs) Me and Zeus. Oh my god. Oh, this picture. This picture of Philip looks just like Mr. Lockwood if he were Zeus mixed with Jesus. <laughs> That's a pretty really specifically sad okay. story, right? So I, before you go on, this whole idea, this would be like a good control experiment if you made this person up, told everyone about it, tell this story to some people, and then try and experimentally get them to do some kind of supernatural conjuring or whatever you mean if they if the participants in the group had didn't make it up if somebody just fed them the story well they're making it up it's like a control yeah so like how many shows do we see where they tell you some story about some old you know woman in the woods that had something bad happen to her and now they're talking to her through the ouija board and they're like Mm -hmm. oh there she is she really wants to let you know that the pies never got finished never got taken out of the oven before she was murdered you know <laughs> something like that remove pies yeah please i'm worried about the pies <laughs> i uh, okay so if you did this <laughs> same thing but you knew it was completely false and then you got all the participants to go nuts over because the they magic thought, but they thought it was real they thought it was real it's like a control experiment this should result in nothing if there is any form of actual supernatural contact right between the living and the dead right and i think that is what is interesting about this experiment yeah because at this point it is an experiment um is that really they've set out to either prove that humans with their mind energy can manifest these things that seem like a spirit or it's nothing you know so yeah i mean if if they were like scientific scientists it's creating a null experiment, one that should repeat over and over and over again, meaning there should be no result, and they should be able to do it with hundreds and hundreds of people. They just never, ever come into contact with anyone like right. this. because right? it's not a real person. Yeah, but in a funny way, that would actually mean that the psychic stuff had validity. Right. Right? right. Because then you would tell them the story about a real person, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this, or this is, you know... Yeah. I heard this happen and you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Or I asked them to yeah. turn a light on and they did. Yeah. Because if you do this with a fake person, then you know they're making stuff up. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind I like of that a, angle. Right. All right. Back to the the sketch of Philip. Zeus? Yeah. He's got a beard. He's got blue eyes, long hair, kind of Jesus-y. It's kind of like Paul Bunyan. He looks kind of like you with long hair. <laughs> It's pretty funny. (laughs) My eyes don't smile like that. 
No, they don't. <laughs> My eyes just scowl. Yes, your eyes are sad. Sad. <laughs> okay, scowling. <laughs> you do scowl a lot, <laughs> but only when you're thinking really hard. <laughs> He's thinking about that girl. He 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 is actually. He does look kind of in love, doesn't yeah. he? He was thinking about her before he let her get burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> before he saved his own ass after he got her into that pickle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty bad story. Yeah. Right? Basically, he's a real piece of work. Right. And I feel like a lot of parts of this story. I again, I said this a minute ago, but I feel like a lot of these parts of this story, someone or a couple of people in the group threw those in because they're feeling that, or that's what they're going through. Mm. They like. Kind of, I feel, oh, yeah. I feel like knows? they added pieces of their own <laughs> yeah. problems in yeah. there. So. Or fantasies, each individual's, yeah. you know, like meeting, something. Yeah. Like meeting a hot raven-haired gypsy in the yeah. woods while on or horseback. Or perhaps meeting the most beautiful man they've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It, he's, he is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So in September of 1972, the group gathered with their complete profile of Philip. And according to accounts by the participants, they would meditate, focus, and discuss Philip and his life. They did this for about a year with no real results. So they would just get together and focus on him and talk to him and, you know, like he was a real person. So a result would be just some form of disturbance? Yeah, some some kind of communication. Okay. But they were ultimately trying to get this person to manifest Like they wanted to see the person or a shadow of him or, you know, something like that. But they they had no other devices? Nope. They just basically sat in a room and and concentrated on this guy. But after a year, they had no results. A year? A year. These people did this for a year? For a year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a lot of just sitting in a room with eight other people staring at each other. So I'd say if I was the one running the experiment that I thought it would be, I would have called it a success, and I would have ended it about two weeks. Right, you would have, because you would have been like, well, that proves that if you imagine somebody... That's not real. That's not a real ghost. You can't communicate with them. You're not going to talk to them, right? Yeah. Which also proves that maybe you can talk yeah, to real ghosts. Yeah, there's a chance you maybe you could. Yeah, I like this experiment. Yeah. It's kind of, it's fascinating. Uh, so the group then decided that they would try holding a seance to communicate with Philip. They darkened their room and gathered around a table in the center and attempted to contact Philip. They even placed some of the items around that they had deemed may have been Philip. So they took some <laughs> items and they kind of put a put a purpose to them yeah, or, why not? or said this candlestick holder was Philip's. So Yeah, you made up a story, make yeah. up some stuff to go with it. Yeah, they kind of imbued the object with intent. Sure. You know. The group focused, and soon there was light rapping sounds in correspondence with their questions. They asked a few questions to get responses to make sure that they were indeed talking to Philip. After they had successfully established communication with him, the experiment sort of grew to have a life of its own. Just saying. <laughs> it sounds like it already has. A, it started out with a life of its own. These yeah. people being this dedicated to this, right? And doing that for a year, and That's, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, they they were really. I mean, I I I know this sounds crazy, but I lightweight feel like we should try to invent somebody and talk to them. I do not have that kind of time. Oh, or are you just afraid? Nope. Are you scared? 
Your scowling eyes tell me you're scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You don't have to tell me that you're scared. I'll find somebody who isn't. (laughs) Okay, good luck. (laughs) Alice will do it with me. No, she won't. Yes, she will. She will not. Yes, she will. A year? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She would. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. She's dedicated. She doesn't have time that, that either. Yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. She'll be here every Friday. <laughs> but you have to do it all the time, not just... No, it's not like a 24-7 thing. How often do you think these people actually met? Every night. No. I For a year? I don't Months. think so. They probably met twice a month for a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It did not say how See, often See, this met. is another one of those important details that really matters to help you understand the magnitude of an yeah. experiment. It wasn't in the story. Yeah, wonder why. Yeah, because we met. We did this for a whole year. Sounds a hell of a lot better than we, we met six times. We met and we twelve did this nights. Six times, <laughs> one for each month over the course of a year. Oh, and we played cards and drank before that too. They would ask him questions about his life and the surroundings of his time. He would answer each with accuracy. Although these were all historical facts known to at least one of the group members. He even grew to have his own personality and emotions that seemed to change with the room's atmosphere. But most amazing of all was that he was capable of moving objects and turning lights on and off when asked by the researchers. He was even capable of making the table move or lift off of the floor on occasion. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that all you think? <laughs> or are you still saving it for I, later? <laughs> are you just going to compile it and then really hit me with it at the end? I think that next time I want to do some crazy thing, instead of calling myself a nut job, yeah. I'm going to call myself a researcher Yes, to give credence to my insanity, to keep you off the trail for as long as possible so that I can do crazy shit before you go, you know what? I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe you should stop that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I I think that that is a good way to get away with some shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In order to have the research be taken seriously, the group decided that they would conduct a seance in front of an audience of 50 people and would also videotape the event. This is, I'm liking this. And I have the videotape for I'm you. I'm really liking this. Yes. It, I don't have it on VHS, though. I'm sorry. The smile that you're making, I'm detecting some anticipation here. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to play this one for you. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> that's that's it for that. <laughs> Is the trick going to get better? <laughs> Not really. Like... I was waiting for the table to come up all the way off the ground and then all of them to take their hands off of it. Yeah. And then it'd just be floating and spinning and stuff. And I'd be like, ooh. You were really expecting that. Yeah. That would be what would happen if it was real. Yeah. No. And even that would still be a trick. I'm going to let you describe what the video was, what you saw, because your eyes were huge and you had your hand out like, I can't believe I'm watching this. One person would ask a question. And randomly, other people in that group would kind of give the answer, sometimes sort of in unison. No, there was knocking. 
I didn't hear any knocking. Right. It's really faint. I had to watch it a couple of times. So they were asking a question and then they'd get a yes or no wrapping on the table. But the thing that I saw was it would be multiple different people kind of asking a question. Then other ones are going, oh, yeah. Ooh, like together. Yeah, exactly. And it was like this weird synthesis of behavior, yeah. almost like yes. a group kind of storytelling. It's like, um, well, it's like really tight knit improv. Yeah. It's like, it was almost like an improv group. It, it was a little bit. And, and can I point out to that eight or nine people around a tiny- A lot of hands. It's a tiny card table. Um, not only that, there are a lot of legs under this table. Yeah. And at one point, the table, after they ask some questions and they hear some rapping, the table kind of starts- uh, Picking the up leg, on a corner. Like, yeah, like yeah. one leg will kind of come up and it's like teetering around. But they start kind of standing up and pushing their chairs away and backing mm-hmm. up as if they're expecting this to happen, which they might be because apparently it's happened before. But my question is- the hand stayed on the table the whole time. Well, the hand stayed on the table the whole time, but with that many people's legs under there, and there's a few men at this table, quite a few men, could a man not just lift his knee up? And it, this film is pretty degraded. It's from the 70s. It looks completely black and dark under the table. Like, I couldn't see legs under the table. Yeah, it was like bad exposure. Yeah, so I, I just feel like that could have easily, easily been how, fake. How many people were at the table? Seven? Well, there's nine in the group. Okay, so with 90 fingers on a card table that weighs seven pounds. Yes. Even if they just had rosin on their fingers, all of rosin? them. Yeah, rosin? Yeah. Pine tar rosin that you would use oh, like, for gotcha. like holding on to barbells and just makes your hands a little sticky. So something sticky on your fingers. Like literally, and rosin yes. isn't like super sticky, but just imagine like pine tar, 90 fingers. Right stuck even just slightly to the table you're going to be able to lift a lot definitely the table with no trouble at well, all yeah and so, each, each person could just pull their hands off and be like oh look see they're not right sticky. and so at one point after it starts like kind of bumping around they all stand up push their chairs away and the next thing you know the table like le- tips over onto one side yeah. so the legs are all sticking out the side now which Again, if they just had something sticky on their fingers, they could easily have like oh, yeah. manipulated that mm-hmm. to lean over. So nothing that I saw on that tape really is very spectacularly compelling. Kind of magic trick. It's not compelling and, to me. I think. Yeah, I've definitely seen other videos yeah. that are way more weird than oh, this yeah. one. Even back then in the seventies, there were people that were way more clever with their tricks. Right. Right. So I'm going to show you there's one more like half of this with just a little bit more footage. Um, Can't wait. So here we go. Here's this video. All right. So did you hear the knocking on the table in that yeah, video? Yeah, someone's finger. Right. So again, they're on clearly on a, a set of some kind and there's people watching and there's almost like a host. Yeah, there's on, a host. There's like a host. So and they a must boom be on the mic show. coming down the middle right. of all Right. So this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this, card, this card table is now upside down and everybody's kneeling around it. The legs are straight up in the air and they've got all their fingers on it and they're begging Philip to make a yeah. tapping noise. Like they sang a song and they're begging but, him to tap. Yeah, and the cameraman made it to point a point to make sure that everyone's hands are clearly visible, visible. at this point because yeah. when they right before that they're 
they're asking him to do stuff and there's tapping happening and the right. host is kind of interfering. Oh, look. And then he does that. Oh, everyone. Now we're, we're clearly, we can see everyone's hands. Yeah. And the cameraman's got the hands and they're like, okay, Philip, make it, make a tap now. Make a tap. Silence. Yep. Nothing. Okay, come on. We really, you really want a beer, don't they, you, Philip? They silence. They begged for about two solid uh-huh. minutes, and then like every time they beg and there's no sound, the boom mic moves down about Closer. six <laughs> inches, and then they do it again, and then it moves down, and then before you know it, the boom mic is actually touching the table. You know, I think, the and tap- then you hear a thunk. Yeah, but I think the tap at the end was the mic tapping the table. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be really funny, but it was definitely someone that was just sneaking a tap, tap. in with their finger. Sure, like on the edge of the table or, what, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I was going to ask like you how you felt about it, but I feel ridiculous. like ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. if you describe that to me, yeah. I would be like, oh, well, I mean, you know, it could be, you never know. Sure. But you watch the video and you're like, yeah. this is a joke. But I will drop the link. This is like infomercial quality. Yes. Like f- propaganda. It's pretty bad. I will drop the link to this video in our show notes yeah. when we post it's this pretty, episode. It's pretty good. <laughs> Mr. Lockwood is clearly of the opinion that you should watch it. Yeah, you should. Times. It's really weird. Yes. It's, everyone... it's real kind of culty and creepy. <laughs> These people are creepy. A little bit, yeah. A little They're bit. They're creeping me out. They are not researchers. No. <laughs> but I do love the video. It is yeah. very 70s riffic. It's it's awesome. Those are clearly your thoughts on the video. I mean, yeah. I, it's a big stinker. I just, I think that we could replicate all of that yes. very easily. And if we spent a year doing it, we could get pretty good at tricking people. Oh, yeah. Into thinking like... That's the thing. They, they just spend a year like hanging out, figuring out how to do this. It's a it's conjuring. Yeah. It's a magic trick. It's con. It's conjuring. Juring. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a magic trick. Sure. I, I agree. This, this is... I've already said this. I know this is not compelling to me whatsoever. <laughs> I don't feel compelled. So they did consider the experiment somewhat of a success. However... They were not successful in making Philip materialize. There were other groups formed by Dr. Owen after this. They consisted of entirely different people who made up new fictional characters. And actually, one of them was named Lilith and the other one was named Humphrey um, to try to conjure them up. It had been reported that these groups were successful at manifesting the characters that they had created. Well, you know... The first one, you know, you have to get good at it first. I could see why the second and third one, it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because you have to get, you know, it's like any skill. You have to try. 10,000 hours later, you're good at it. Yeah, but these are different groups of different people. Except for Owen. Yes. He's the ringleader. He's good at it. He's gotten good at it. Sure. He's the conjuring man. But, but how suspect is it? That there's no video of that. Oh, not at all. For it's the completely other makes ones. sense. Totally normal. Right. Because if this was their proof to not have people think that they were being that it was nonsense, if this was if this was the video that they wanted to use to be taken seriously, they failed. I think the provenance of this video would be very interesting. Like who filmed it? Yeah, I don't Why? know. I, I'll have to look up and see like Do you what? think they paid to have it done? I think they did. Yeah, it wasn't even on like, you know, it wasn't on like the 
the Daily Show at no. eight or something like no. on three five or eight I or something. I don't think no. so. It, it never got famous. It or doesn't anything. seem like that. No, and there's only this one video. Yeah, that's like some kind of weird cult like video yeah. they made. And the other thing that strikes me is they said <laughs> that this was done in front of fifty people. Yeah. You would think that you would hear people in the background kind of ooing and awing. Yeah, there's or no people. Wrestling around or, you know, trying to stand up and see better. Well, unless they're cult members and they are they know they're supposed to be quiet. I guess. I don't know. There's not much about this I like. It is fun, though. Yeah. It's fun to watch. I mean, I know TV has evolved tremendously. So sometimes watching old television, you go, man, that's really amateur looking, <laughs> right. you know? And that was like the big, that was like NBC doing it. Yeah. Because they had to learn, too. Sure. And now, you know, there's faux pas that you would never do. One of them, for sure, though, is like lowering a giant boom mic (laughs) (laughs) down into the middle of everyone and getting it closer and closer. That guy, that mic guy (laughs) desperately wanted to hear it. He really, Uh, really wanted this to happen. Oh, that was good. So I got a couple of theories that we'll talk about. And uh, then you can tell me your own theory if you have acquired one at the I end. I don't know how we don't have the exact same theory by now. <laughs> I mean, we probably do. But let's talk <laughs> about some other ones. Okay. All right. So could this be something actually supernatural? No. <laughs> <laughs> could this experiment have actually made contact with a spirit named Philip, who maybe had a couple of similar characteristics of the fake Philip? Maybe this spirit just responded to them because of the similarities. Well, there have been enough humans now that pretty much anyone you ever met or that you know or that anyone you ever will meet, there will have been someone that is almost exactly like them yes. in many, many characteristics That is exactly that, that is exactly my thought. Like they might not look the same exactly, but they might have the same personality or their voice sounds the same. Or they right. had kind of a similar sense of humor or all well, sorts of characteristics just, that would overlap. We're trying to contact a spirit named Philip who had a wife that was a bitch yeah. that he didn't like. Well, that's like... There's, and he got a girlfriend on the side. There's, like, there's probably a there's lot of There's 20 million dudes named Philip that have that problem right now. That got that That are alive on. at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, but there's probably tw- Way like more. 50 yeah. million times more that are dead. So... What I'm describing and what you're kind of yes. saying that you thought. I, I agree with you is what is what I'm saying. Yeah. I had the exact same thought that it would be so, impossible to create a person that has no similarities to someone from the past. So in computer science, there is a phenomenon called the birthday paradox. And if you take, I think it's 20 people is the, the, the number you need. You take 20 people and you ask them each, what's your birthday? Day and day and month, and it's almost one hundred percent guaranteed that two of them will have the same one. That's interesting. And it's called the birthday paradox. Yeah. Because how could that possibly be true? Yeah. Well, there's a ton of people born on a ton of different days. Well, but there's three hundred sixty-five days. You got twenty people. Yeah. Same day a month. That is that is interesting. Yeah. How is that possible? Well, turns out it happens all the time. Hmm. That's one of those one of the reasons why you know I always say. It's coincidence. And everyone's like, no, no, there's something there. And I go, nope, just coincidence. It's because it's really always a special case or a more general case of the birthday paradox. And this would be the same idea that we're talking about. It's like there's been so many people that have existed that no matter what kind of characteristic you may talk about, there's probably been dozens and dozens and dozens of people throughout history 
that had those characteristics right. and maybe least, all of them at the same time. Right. And at least, I mean, maybe yeah. even 90% yeah. of them, in which case that person would probably respond yeah. if you were talking to somebody fake yeah. who was actually somebody yeah. kind of real. Yeah. You would probably have come up with enough of a story to where some ghost out there would be like, man, that sounds just like me. They must yeah. want to talk to me. Ooh, I'm going to go talk. Yeah. No, I'm that would talk- definitely happen. I haven't yeah. talked to anyone in ages. If that could happen, that's it would work. It <laughs> yeah. would work. I, I, that is exactly, Based on those character, yeah. that is exactly what I thought. Yeah. So I even have that written down because I was like, I think that's impossible. Another theory is, could it have been something mischievous or evil? Yes. Okay. <laughs> could it be that what was communicating with them was just some random spirit had nothing similar in common with Philip that was just messing with them or potentially... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, or just potentially something demonic that attempted to do far worse. I thought you were referring to the motivations of the people doing this. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So, yeah, could um could it just be some random spirit? If it was my spirit, it would definitely be screwing with these people oh yeah that's what i'm saying yeah because you're cheeky (laughs) that's i I mean i I would say yes that's possible i would say that there definitely if there was some bored spirit that had been stuck somewhere for a while and they were like hey these people they they really want the full experience i'm gonna give it to them i don't know how all spirits couldn't be tremendously bored in general like I could see maybe you're dead for like a year or two and you're like, oh, this is neat. Look at all this stuff that I can see that I never could see before. And after a couple of years, you're just like, this is the same story. It'd be like watching the same episode of a bad soap opera. Oh, yeah. A million times in a row. Or you know what I think of when you say that? Q from Star Trek. Yeah, Q. He was so bored and, that he yeah. was messing with people constantly. Yeah. Imagine Q not super, super powerful. Yeah. But he'd have the exact same attitude. Right. He would just be so sick of everything. Yeah. Sorry for those of you who don't aren't a truck nerd. Yeah. I'm really sorry. But that is exactly what it is. If you've been around forever and you've done everything there is to do, you eventually yeah. get to a point where messing with people is all that's left. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, for real. Yeah. I would do that. I'm not as cheeky as you are, but I would still do it. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's possible. I'm What's gonna possible? Go with, yes. On oh, that. another ghost? Yeah, that it was just a spirit. some random cheeky ghost. A cheeky spirit? A cheeky spirit. Okay, so another one that I have for you is could they have actually manifested a fake spirit? Could the Owen group have actually succeeded in producing a fake person and storyline and then putting forth enough effort, focus, and energy to create a spirit of sorts? Uh, yes, inside of their heads. Absolutely. Yes. Manifested so, in their heads. Yes. So let me bump down to the next next thing here. Are ghosts products of our imagination? Yes. With enough combined energy, could we manifest something like this? No. No. <laughs> Only in our heads. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> you're not saying that <laughs> no. we could that we could combine make something manifest like this or make but I mean that's kind of more like telekinesis anyway, yeah, right? Where like you're just making shit fly across the room. Yeah. Right? So you're just saying that in their heads they could it be something where and I think we've talked about this before, where like if they all believe hard enough that they hear rapping, could they hallucinate together hearing rapping on the table? Uh they what, would what all is, say a, they did. There's a word for that though, right? Cults do that kind of shit. 
Well, not cult, but what is the actual term for when that happens? When a whole bunch of people agree that they saw something that they didn't see? Yeah. Humans? Yeah. Being human? Hysteria? Hysteria. Mass hallucination? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was a more like um, specific term for it. Delusions, mass delusions. Yeah, there we go. Proving that a mass delusion exists is hard because everyone just says they saw it. You have no way of measuring if they like, okay, what part of their brain did their visual cortex flicker like they did see it? (laughs) And obviously if it did, then you would know that they did see it. Right. Because in their heads they saw it, but it didn't didn't happen. Wait, there's no way to really record that. It's very hard to determine that. So you have to go on their word and you know how people are. I mean... (laughs) They made a video in front yeah. of 50 people, so I'm going to say real. <laughs> it really <laughs> happened because they did that. But I mean, what's funny is, you know, if you're to take a village that would raise a human, aren't you partly manifesting things inside of them as they grow up and absorb certain things? Yeah. Isn't that what growing up is? Yeah. Okay. So it, I guess in a way it can be real. Yeah. I, I You know, I think that... um Joel Witten touches on that, and we're going to actually talk about him in a second. Joel was the group's psychologist. He was one of the nine members. <laughs> so so um, they did talk about Philip's limitations, and it seemed that his limitations coincided with that of the collective knowledge of the group. Uh, subconsciously, if someone in the group didn't know the answer – or if everyone in the group did not know the answer to any question they were asking, neither did Philip, which makes sense, right? So the person making this observation, were they outside of the group or they were self-making this observation? They were self-making this oh. observation. Well, there's some honesty. Yeah, I mean, they were they were honest about it. I give brownie points to the psychologist for saying that Philip doesn't seem to be able to answer anything that is unknown to the rest of their group. Right, which would prove that... It's in their head. It's in their head. Well, at least, yeah, partly. Right. Uh, I wonder if he ran some experiments that he dreamt up himself, where yeah. maybe he would give one person a tidbit of info and then ask, like, oh, does anyone know? You mean that none of the others knew? Yeah. Yeah. Or do some kind of some experiments like that? Because how would you know who didn't know and what they did know? Right. You know? Yeah. Otherwise. Here is your favorite part, the criticism. <laughs> The criticism section. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um, first off, one thing I would like to say, oh, even yes. though I do like to shred up stuff, <laughs> uh, even this, especially if it was observed properly and, you know, enough notes were taken, there's still valuable information to, in here. To be gotten from it, yeah. Even if these people were completely making up a hoax, there's still useful information. I think especially so, Especially psychology information. Yes, and that is kind of why I like this one, because while the actual experiment seems real cheesy and hokey... Yeah. Um, I wouldn't the, even call it an experiment. Well, the fact that we could talk about these certain different theories of what could have happened... Yeah you know, is representation of the benefits of this research, you know, that they did. It's interesting. I I think it's an interesting experiment. If you look at it in the right way, it is. I always look at stuff in that way. (laughs) I want to believe Mr. If you look at it in a literal sense, you may be a fool. No. I don't. I mean, I don't believe in Philip. I don't think Philip's real (laughs) in this case. (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like I wish that they had recorded the other ones. And why weren't they recording all of the experiments? I guess tape might have been expensive. Is it was it expensive to it's video always record? been expensive to film. It still is. Okay. But I mean, even with like a VHS recorder thingy. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Well, never mind. All right. Back to your favorite part. <laughs> the criticism. Do I get to criticize the criticisms? I mean, you can't. I love there's to do there's that. not much, and I'm gonna let Joel tell you exactly what he he thought Joel. of the experiment. He's but, a psychologist. Yes. Okay. Joel the psychologist. All right. So the experiments have been criticized over the years for a lack of solid controls and unreliable results. Joel Witten, the man overseeing the experiment, even concluded that the effects were produced by the participants. He is of the idea that they themselves conjured themselves into believing mm-hmm. that this was real. So he does not think that it was really a man named And this Philip is the guy Ghost. who... This is a psychologist. Started the whole thing. No, he no. just was the guy kind of overseeing the project. Um, Owen, uh, Dr. Owen was the guy oh, who created oh, yeah. the okay. experiment. Right. Yeah. So uh, the psychologist was kind of just, you know, keeping an eye on everything and taking notes. And he participated too, but, you know, yeah. it was uh, interesting That's for him. That's one kind of a black mark. If you were doing a, let's say, a rigorous experiment, participating in them and also observing would be a big no-no. Right. But still, I kind of thought that too. But I would say he, since he's not the one that was managing and running the experiment, that was just his own observations and thoughts. Yeah, it's okay. But it seems like everybody is fairly honest. Yeah. About it, which I, is good. Except for when the table's floating around. Right, except for when they're asking questions and getting yes or no answers. Except when they forgot to mention that they all stuck their fingers in in resin before they went to the table. (laughs) They did leave that out. (laughs) So now I'm going to play for you um, Joel Witten's thoughts, and I will let you listen to that now. Okay. We'll be right back. All right, so we just listened to Joel Witten's thoughts on the experiment. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I think what he said were they were valid points. He he did say that they were. He observed that they were almost in a childlike state when they were doing yeah, this singing they let and their hair down, singing and laughing, and uh, that children are more susceptible or susceptible to being open, open minded, well, and that's why yeah. this was happening um, because adults are just apt to believe that it can't happen. He said, "I think this this is a reproducible experiment." Okay, that's kind of neat. Because it was in a laboratory. Because it was in a controlled laboratory environment. Okay, that's interesting. And then basically it was kind of saying without saying that these people have meshed together in some way. They're playing together. Well, they can feel each other's feelings too. Well, they're anticipating. It's kind of like improv. I don't think it's like improv. I think that there are people who are empathic. And they can feel each other's feelings. But like when you are this, think about this for a Everyone's second. empathic Listen. and can feel other people's yes. feelings. So you're looking at me funny, but think about this for one second. Like put your eyes straight forward in your head, not rolling around. Uh, <laughs> nope, they're still rolling around. <laughs> These people have been together for a while now. They yeah. have been together for a year. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that it stands to reason that they would all intuitively feel, you know, if they were asking a specific question, wouldn't they all feel that kind of way and then just chalk it up to it being like Philip's feelings? Isn't that basically what he said? Do they actually feel it or do they just know that's what comes next after that question? Because they've played and rehearsed this character so okay. much. So where you're going is is you think it's rehearsed, but we're not there yet. Well, I what no, does... I don't I don't think the questions are rehearsed or anything, but it is like improv where you usually good improv is a troop of people that spend a lot of time together sure. improving. Sure. So they all sort of know they each other's read, character. And they can read each other. And kind they of. read each other and they all have kind of roles. Right. So they know how to even generate novel, you know, situational games. That they know the other ones can play off that of. That they know the other ones can play off okay, of. Okay. I gotcha. So if you took a really constraint, improv is much harder than what these people are doing. Oh. Because they're essentially improving around a very specific topic that they all dreamed up together. And then they just kept ruminating on it and ruminating right. on it, just getting every last little ounce of blood out of that story. So then when someone can come in and ask them novel questions, questions they've never heard before, and they're all almost all are going to come up with sort of the same answer yeah. together. Yeah, I agree. That's I, what I, I'm, I think is going on. I think so too, but I I guess... What do you feel about Joel Witten's final thoughts there on the experiment? I think that's kind of what he just said. I think he was being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And he's using unnecessarily large words oh, to get you. his points across. I know someone like that. Oh, I don't think they're unnecessarily large. I think they're the right words. It's different. <laughs> Not when I have to tell you to talk to me like I'm five because I don't understand what you're <laughs> I've saying. I've never once heard you say that to me. Uh, that's because I just nod. <laughs> And I pretend to know what you're talking about, and then I walk out of the room. You just walk away. I, that is true. Yeah, I don't even pretend. I just, I'm over it now. But I have to at least, you know, we have to communicate Oh, yeah, we here, have to be civil so. here. Well, not civil. I guests. just, I actually have to know what you're oh. saying in order to talk to you <laughs> in front of our guests. No. <laughs> Welcome to our home, everyone. <laughs> so... It just, it's fine. I just, again, I think that he, it, it seems sincere, though. Yeah, I mean, sure. It, it, yeah, he, it wasn't blown out of proportion and made into yeah. a supernatural just crazy thing. a little thing. pompous. Yeah. A little. I don't care about the pompousness. Yeah. I just think that he wasn't, like I said, he didn't make it into something that it wasn't. Yeah. Well, his body language had a bit of portraying something that wasn't necessarily needed to be portrayed. So there could be some <laughs> other angle there. Why are you reading his body language? Because he's on he's talking with his mouth and the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? I wasn't looking at his body. <laughs> That's fine. You he do, was sitting. You do you. <laughs> All right. And then after Joel Witten's thoughts in my notes, I actually wrote the words insert skepticism here. <laughs> But I think you already That's it, you, got you already it. I did think it. I basically agreed with him. Yeah, I think you you already did it. The last thing that I just kind of an aside I want to tell you about is that there was a book written after this. Okay. And it's called Conjuring Up Philip. 
And it is written by Mrs. Owens, so Dr. Owens' wife, the guy who created the group, Mm -hmm. his wife wrote this book with another member of the group, uh, and her name was Margaret Sparrow, and she was the one that was the former Mensa chairperson. Mm -hmm. So these two ladies wrote a book, and uh, of course, you know me, when I know there's a book that goes with something, I'm like on Amazon looking for it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy yeah, it. Did you, you know? get it? Uh, no. And I will tell you why. I got on Amazon and the cheapest copy I could find was $90. And the- Used? Uh-huh. They're all used? They're all used. They collectors? They collectible? I think they are because they range from $90 to seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, cool. Yeah, they are uh, collectible. If I ever find one of the yard sale, it's coming home with me. I'm sure we could find you a uh, <clears throat> transcript of the book somewhere on the internet. Yeah, if you wanted well, to read it. Here's the other thing. I I thought I got smart for a second, and I thought. <gasps> I'm just going to look on Audible. Maybe it's just on Audible and I can listen to it. I looked it up and it is not on Audible. Uh, Ain't nobody reading that. Yeah, if it's been out of print for a long, long time, it's not going to be on Audible. So I was really, really sad about that. If anybody out there can hear me and finds a copy of Conjuring Up Philip by Mrs. Owen and Margaret Sparrow, if you ever find that at a yard sale or a thrift store, you pick that up. And you let me know, and I will buy it from you, not for $90. For 25 cents. For maybe 10 <laughs> bucks, maybe 10 or 15 You You won't be making a profit or on it. Or maybe we but... could trade some swag right. for the book. Yeah. We could How about sa- that? I could definitely give some you some donuts. swag. I could give you a shout out. Stale can... donuts in a box. Yeah. Mailed overnight. That'd be a good trade. Or cookies. 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 Gluten-free ones. Gluten-free Oreos. <laughs> Why, gluten-free cookies is not like a treat that anybody wants. <laughs> Oreos are good. Yeah, they are good. But they could have regular Oreos. They don't want my Oreos. You could even put a little box of milk in there with it. <laughs> we better overnight that <laughs> if that's what's happening. So anyway, let me know if anyone finds it. I'd be happy to have it in my collection of weird books. So uh, last thing is uh, I do have what Mrs. Owen the woman who wrote the book and the wife of the guy who founded the Owen Group, uh, I do have a video of what she had to say about this. Oh, and I forgot. There's the book. (laughs) That's a cool looking book. I like that. Yeah, the book is real freaky. And uh, I'll post a picture of it up too. Psychokinesis. Yeah, just so, you know, y'all can have that in your brain when you're out there looking for it for me. An adventure in psychokinesis. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you find it and you do decide to keep it, just, you know, photocopy the whole thing for me and mail it to me because I just need it in some kind of form. (laughs) I think that would not be worth the effort. (laughs) It might not be. It's probably, I hate to say this. I haven't read the book, but I'm assuming it's pretty, as Mr. Lockwood would say, woo-woo. Hey, who knows? Yeah. Maybe these these people are supposed to be smarties, so maybe they're writing some scientific work. All right, so now I'm going to let you listen to what Mrs. Owen has to say about this experiment real quick. All right, Mm -hmm. here we go. That woman is insufferable. (laughs) I actually love her voice. She's very proper. Uh, Charm school. Yeah, so Mrs. Owen uh, basically says, just kind of recounts what I already told you about how Philip first started talking to them. Mm -hmm. and But she did say that um, they were really skeptical at first for the first few months that they did not 
believe that what was happening, they kind of accused each other of, you know, you know, like a Ouija board, like you're moving the thing. Mm-hmm. You're pushing the planchette around. Mm-hmm. Stop that. That's so, nice that they, she gives that credit. Yeah, she does. She does but then what say happened? that. So Then what happened? But, how, did, how did they get from that reasonable, completely reasonable belief <laughs> to where they ended up? What do you think? I don't know. She doesn't say, really. She just says that it kind of progressed from there. And once they realized that nobody was actually doing what was happening, they just believed it. They brainwashed themselves. They did. Yeah. It's not a thing. For real. Yeah. They basically they got to the point where someone did something and then they're like, well, that was you. And they're like, oh, no, no, it wasn't. And then they're like, well, you know, I think it's kind of fake, but we'll just keep doing it anyway. <laughs> And then after a while, even though everyone's kind of like, ah, that's just John thumping his finger again, eventually they kind of learn to ignore it. If you're in a room with a loud noise, it's sort of a loud noise, and it's constant in there all the time, Yeah. eventually you don't hear it anymore. Same concept, same phenomena. And you can keep building on that until Philip's real. I have an example of that okay. for you. I like that. So in our basement, we have a little movie theater set up, and we have this mini fridge. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> this is a good example, right? Yes. And the mini fridge, uh, ever since we've had it, it, I got it new. Ever since we've had it, it, it makes this really loud knock or a really loud thump. It, it sounds like there's something inside of it that wants out. If you ask it a question, it will thump once. <laughs> yeah. and if he, I have if a possessed it's a yes. fridge. <laughs> <laughs> there's cookies in there that went out. Um but it, it makes this noise. How often would you say? Every time the compressor cycles. Yeah, every couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes, and you can hear it like a level up mm-hmm. um, when it does it. It's really loud and, and annoying. And annoying. But I mean, every once in a while I hear it, but I hardly ever hear yeah, it anymore. I'm it so accustomed yeah. to hearing it. But when I do hear it, I do shout poltergeist. <laughs> I shout poltergeist every time I hear this knock, but I it's a pretty good it's example. It's a good example because we don't hear it so much yeah. anymore. When we first got it, it was like, "Oh god, what is this thing?" So I don't know why if it's just jacked up, like if it's just a little broken. Um, but we've just learned to It's just got a piece of sheet metal in it that bends clumps around, flops when the temperature changes inside. Yeah. Makes a thunk. Yeah. Just like when you have like a if you ever had like a cheap pot or a pan when it gets warm, it oh, like a cookie sheet or a yeah. cookie sheet that goes clunk when you put yeah. it in the oven. Yeah, 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 same idea. Yeah, so I just thought that was a good example of ignoring something, example. Uh, ignoring a that noise no one that else happens will care about all but the time. It's a good example. Everyone should care that the fridge is possessed, but everyone has something <laughs> like that in their yes. life that they like the exact same thing for sure. If you yeah. could take a whole bunch of those things in a chain and compound them, and you were persistent enough. You could learn to accept very strange things as true because your brain has this thing where, you know, when you see something a million times, you already know the answer is this. It's already yes. It's already four. It's already seven. So your brain just, as soon as it recognizes the two plus two part, Mm -hmm. it just goes, oh, four. Yeah. And you don't even think about, you know, you don't even consciously. How you got there. Well, you don't even consciously even see the two plus two anymore. Maybe maybe because you're doing this over and over and over a million times. So if it's repetitive. Yeah. And then you add in the next phase of that, which is something else. Mm -hmm. And then you just do that over and over and over. Eventually, there's no actual thought process from A to B to C. Right. You see A and you just think C. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, someone slips 
D instead of B <laughs> and you never notice it and you still just think C all the time. <laughs> I like, like that's it. what's happening to these people. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. Everyone's susceptible to it. It's not sure. It's not like a certain person. But because yeah. they sent, spent so much time focused on this, yeah. they just had a really good I don't want to say rehearsed thing down, but they they came to expect certain things. I mean, it is rehearsed, but not in a, you know, negative kind of duplicitous way. Right. They were actually, it doesn't seem like they were trying to scheme anyone because they weren't making money on this or anything. So this is a real phenomenon that people have that exists for all of us. And that's the thing. I'm not even really crapping on anyone that may have something like this happen (laughs) to them because I'm happens to me just as much as anyone else all sorts of things unexamined in your life yeah you know it's when you notice them that it seems weird how well do you pay attention right yeah right and this is something that could be happening all the time but the minute you actually happening all the time right but the minute you actually notice that is Mm -hmm. when you think Mm -hmm. that was strange Mm -hmm. even though it's been happening the whole time oh your whole life yeah could be things you learned when you were a little kid yeah that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have one more question for okay. you. Okay. Is this an experiment or a phenomenon? Oh, it's an experiment. Okay. Because well, there, oh, yeah. there was no You're, phenomenon? There's a phenomenon. We just described it. Exactly. So I told you it was a bit of both, right? <sighs> yes. It's an experiment in which a phenomenon happened. But you said I would know the answer by the end of this. Well, I told you what it was, but you didn't believe now me. Now I don't so. even have less of an answer than I thought when I started. What the hell happened? Indeed. What did happen? <laughs> you just, I'm going to leave you confused. I just, no, that was my spell. Oh. <laughs> did you just put a spell on something? Yes, I conjured <laughs> what did something. You, did you? <laughs> the Zeus man. Oh. This... I asked him. Oh, Philip? Yeah. What did you ask Philip? Uh, is it an experiment or a phenomenon? Did it get back to you yet? All right, folks. I'm just he said, either way, one. it's just me, Philip. <laughs> no, that's not funny. <laughs> it's laughing? only funny because it's so stupid. <laughs> all right. You want to say goodbye? Goodbye, all. Goodbye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.